Hi and fortune stock to the third episode of This Is Community, a Volunteer Galway podcast. My name is Dunca Foley and today we're going to be speaking to Eileen Bennett, who's the CEO of Horses Connect. Horses Connect is a small social enterprise which has been established on the outskirts of the city in the last few years and they're doing some amazing and really radical work, I suppose, in, in the community. As the name suggests, they have stables and they work with horses and they work with people from all walks of life, all abilities, people that face different challenges in their life and they help them connect to their true value and their full potential in what you will hear is a very unique and powerful way. Before we speak to Eileen, I'd just like to draw your attention to the notes at the end of the podcast. There you'll be able to see an explanation of how the Volunteer Galway service works, where you can find out about how you can get involved in your community. If you click on the link that we provide, it'll bring you to a list of new recent roles that we've received, and you can browse through them and see if there's anything there that interests you. There's also a couple of notes that just explain how our service works, particularly if you haven't registered with us before. And there are also some notes there as well at the top about Horses Connect and how you can get in touch with them. So with that, we'll go over and speak to Eileen to find out about their service, Horses Connect. Eileen, you're very welcome to the show. Thanks, Danica. Uh, it's a beautiful morning up here. We are, can you tell us exactly where we are? Uh, we're on the Baller Road in Bushy Park, not very far from the city at all, and you think we're in the middle of nowhere. It is fantastic. The sun's yeah. shining and you can hear the birds and everything, and obviously the, the horses in the background. The yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell us a little bit about Horses Connect and, and the work that you do? Yeah, well, we're, we're, as far as I know, we're the West of Ireland's only ther- dedicated therapeutic horsemanship centre. So we don't do mainstream riding at all. Um, we do therapeutic horsemanship and we do equine-assisted personal development. And I suppose for a lot of people probably have never heard of that. Yeah. Until a couple of years ago, we had no idea what it yeah. was about. Could you, what is equine therapy? Uh, well, it's technically it's equine-assisted or equine-facilitated therapy because the horses are the therapists. Um, so there's a lot, lot of different ways you can work with horses. So for therapeutic riding, for example, we would put a person on a horse. Uh, and the movement and the warmth and the rhythm of the horse are having effects on that person's body and their brain-body connection. So there's a lot of yeah. There's a huge science behind the how um, movement enhances learning. Um, so there's a lot going on there. And then we would be doing exercises on the horse, with like crossing the body, which, which is a big deal for somebody with special needs. Say to take something up with their left hand, put it into the right hand, and put it down again. That's a huge deal. Yeah, but for anybody, uh, yeah, for people with special needs in particular, on or off the horse, they, crossing the body is a is a big thing. Okay. Um, so we be encouraging speech. We do stretching and reaching and that kind of thing on the on horseback. Um, sometimes with the horse moving and sometimes with the horse stationary, depending on the the, the balance of the rider. So it's increasing their core strength as well. So it's helping them physically and mentally and intellectually. So um, it's quite powerful. And then at the end of a session, we would turn them backwards to face the horse's tail and lie them down because that stimulates their vagus nerve, which, uh, again, promotes the brain-body connection. And most of them will fall asleep because it mimics how you felt in your mother's womb, walking on a horse, lying down, and the warmth of the horse as well really helps with that. So then um, we do a lot of work on the ground as well to the equine-assisted learning or equine-assisted personal development. Um, and this is where you would work through a horse to help people recognise patterns or belie- limiting beliefs that they've had going on or it works with teams as well um, to recognise you know, where they need to go, what's holding them back, 
and this is all some kind of subconsciously subconsciously because the horse will represent something to them and act out accordingly the horses are just amazing the way they pick up in people's energies and um what they're not saying that's what i was going to ask yeah why horses why not another animal um the horses have been around i think for 60 million years and we've been here six million so the horses are hardwired to know when something is a threat when something is genuine and when something isn't genuine so they need to know whether they're rustling in the bushes is just the wind or is it a lion going to pounce out and eat them. So they're really, really tuned in to the environment and the energies around them. Um, they're mostly non-verbal. You don't, they don't make a lot of noise unless they're calling to each other. Um, so all their communication, or 90% of the communication, is done non-verbally by a flick of the ear or a quick fish of the tail so or it's something it's like quite, that. It's quite subtle. It's so subtle. They, they can pick up on subtle yeah. So, But well, we're also doing it, but we don't know we're doing it because we've lost connection with it. Yeah, so, yeah. so we're communicating communicating non-verbally all the time, but we've lost connection with it. So it's reconnecting us really with the part of us that we've we've kind of forgotten about because we now if you want to know anything now you pick up your phone and look it up. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Rather than relying on your own intuition or anything like that. So, I suppose putting you in a situation with horses in an arena where you're given a problem to solve is you have to you can't Google it, you have to tap into your own abilities and figure it out yourself and it's amazing what comes out of it. And I suppose for for people of, of various levels of abilities, uh, mm. uh, going into a paddock, if I have that, yeah, right, an, ar- an arena, yeah, an arena is is quite a new experience in itself. So I'm I'm guessing people would be quite nervous to start off with. Or? Um, some some people are, but for like we would most if if we don't know the people who are coming in, if we think they might be nervous, we have two very tiny ponies that we would start with and nobody's afraid of them yes. so people <laughs> underestimate them all the time and think that they're like dogs but they're very clever yeah. <laughs> and they're, they're, they're um, highly sensitive as well so they won't you, know, you, have to, you have to really ground yourself to be able to do anything at all with them because they're gone on you they'll run, literally, literally run rings around you so I mean, to, I suppose to, to take part in the activity you don't need any previous experience absolutely not no not for any of them not for the, even for the riding all our riding is done we don't use this bridle and saddle we use uh, uh, just a head collar and a saddle bareback pad um, so they're getting the full movement and the warmth of the horse yes. and it's all done at a walk and the horse is always led so no matter what your level of experience is it's because you're not learning to ride we're just working with the horse's rhythm movement and even the, the gait of the horse you know how fast or slow they walk Will have an impact on so we'd, we'd change people from one horse to another depending on how you know how they're getting on you know if they're having a bad day we might put them on a wider horse yeah, if we feel that their balance is quite good we might put them on a, a narrower horse that has a bigger step and i mean i know the i suppose the topic of things like mindfulness is, is very big at the moment I mean, yeah. if you're sitting on a horse you're quite mindful absolutely of, of the, the current situation yeah well it. even if you're in the arena with the horse you, you're kind yes. of nearly forced to be, to be mindful yeah, because yeah, yeah. you, you have to be there with the horse to be able to work with it, like be there a hundred percent, and that's quite challenging for people as well as to be somewhere a hundred percent. Yes. Uh, the what kind of groups would you have coming up to you? Uh, ranges from um, we have people come from the John Paul Centre who will be severely disabled, and they just come and kind of literally hang around with the horses, and sometimes they'll pet them, sometimes they won't. We have one young man who's. Um, He's blind, but he loves the sound of the horse walking around him. He just loves it. Or the horse eating an apple. He just loves those sounds. Mm-hmm. He gets, uh, he just laughs and laughs when he hears those. And then we get school groups or corporate groups. Uh, we had a group from Westside Youth just before Christmas. Um, uh, they came for personal development work. They were brilliant. 
and yeah, we've had corporate groups as well. And with the corporate groups, what what what? A lot of sometimes team building, sometimes communication. We've a range, a whole range of things that we can do with them, with with corporate groups, okay. strategic planning, problem solving, communication. You name it, anything that you can do in a in a hotel, we can do out here in the much better, yes. much much quicker effects yeah, in yeah. the arena. And, and it's more fun than sitting in a hotel listening to a PowerPoint. That's what the, the, the impact then of what, what you do and what, what kind of effect do you see it having on people? Um, do people change? Oh, yeah, usually. We, we change ourselves, I think. Um, for, the, for the therapeutic work, like for the work when we're working with, with disabilities, the changes are usually subtle and very slow, but they're huge milestones. Um, so you might have somebody making eye contact for the first time. Or even doing something like that, like when they, they will actually, if you hand them a ball, they'll take it mm-hmm. rather than you having to put it in their hand and close their fingers on it. So, um, yeah. yeah, just they're little tiny things, the but they're huge milestones yes. for them. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> and then for, for people who are working on the ground, you see a huge increase in confidence. We, we run a Saturday club for, for um, young adults with intellectual disabilities and the confidence that they get mm-hmm. from just working with the horses. And they come and they help. They help here on a Saturday. They walk out the stables and they move horses in and out and they groom and um, so they're working as such. But they're, but they're just gaining con- in confidence. Yeah. And w- so, would the would your organisation? Are there other organisations doing the same thing in Ireland or globally? Um, there's, there's in in Clifton's Connemara Therapeutic Riding, and they they just do the the therapeutic riding. And then there's a few of them around the country who do bits of it. But we're I think we're fairly unique, Mary and I, in our range of qualifications. Because we have the therapeutic riding, we have the equine assisted learning, and then we've all, we're also qualified in the EGALA model of equine assisted psychotherapy, and we're the equine specialists. And that you have to have a mental health person with you to, to do the EGALA model, um, and then Mary's also a, a qualified SNA, and um, I've done QQL level six and leadership and managing people and rap and all kinds of loads of different courses. So we're always upgrading our skills. Yeah, so I mean, it's obviously. It's take the work very very seriously yeah very yeah the qualifications to back up and yeah. the evidence to back it up yeah well. yeah and, and how long has it been going um we started in 2014 but we're here since 2015 we're in bushy park since 2015 so four years and we have some people with us since the beginning okay. they started as kids and other teenagers and as well personally how, how did you end up here how did you end up doing this that's a very long story <laughs> do you sure you want to hear <laughs> Um, well, I was always interested in horses from the time I was a kid, but we, we lived in suburbia, so it wasn't an option. So when I um, started earning my own money, I learned, learned, learned to ride, took riding lessons, and I've been basically riding ever since at a very low level. I wouldn't be very competitive. Um, and then when I was, I was 21 or 22, I think, um, I was in England. I was working in Manchester in what was then called a home for emotionally disturbed adolescents. Uh, they were all girls and I used to take them horse riding because was one of my things was to take them okay. on outing so he would take them horse riding because I was interested in it yeah. but everybody noticed the difference in them when they came back because even if they didn't ride and they just came and they hung around the stables and went with the horses um, you could have conversations there was more eye contact there was less violence less arguments in the house it was a huge difference in them when they came back this was 1976 and I knew there was something in it but I didn't know what and there was no way then to research it the internet didn't exist even then. Mm. Um, so then when I was able to research, the, I found a place called Miraval in, I think it's in Arizona, and they were using um, equine-assisted uh, psychotherapy for so people with depression and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, 
And then I was just always working with horses, always interested in the opportunity came up in 2013 or 14 to train as a therapeutic riding instructor. I've been working as a riding instructor up to then. And it's a long time to wait. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, and, and there was a few things. There was a few little things during, it, and the training was very expensive. I found it, and it wasn't in Ireland to do anything else. But when I got I, this was affordable and reachable, so I did that, and that's where I, I met Mary. Really, I kind of knew her vaguely through the horsey world. Uh, but that's how I really got to know her. So Mary Mitchell, who's my business partner. Oh, okay. yeah, yes, yes, yes. yeah. You met her. She's around there somewhere. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah. So we met on that, and then the, the, the four of us used to meet regularly to, as a study group, and we four of us set up Horses Connect, um, and, it, and the, the vision was to create, uh, originally it was a therapeutic riding centre uh, in Galway, and then it kind of grew to, to, to have something bigger. So two of them dropped out along the way, and it was left with myself and Mary mm-hmm. in 2015, so that's how we've been going ever since. And then we, we went on and did the other trainings, because once we started the riding, we kind of saw there was a need for more. Not everybody is wants to ride or is able to ride, so that's why we went and did the other trainings then. Oh, so, I mean, a, lot, a lot has happened in a relatively short. Yeah, time, yeah, so definitely. It's, it's only a couple of years ago. Really. It's only a couple of years, yeah. yeah. But the need is there, and people find us by word of mouth at the moment, and it's all. Usually, when a parent finds us, we're the last resort. They've tried everything else, you know. And yeah. I mean, do, do you find it? Um, how do you find trying to get trying to get the word out about what you're doing? Um, well, like I said, it's mostly word of mouth. We're limited in that most kids are at school, so they only come after school. So that's why we're quiet. Tend to be quiet in the mornings, mm. um, but afternoons are from about half from two half two. Uh, we're busy and we take we're, all our sessions are individual as well. They're one to one, so we take one person every half hour. And you have volunteers. Yeah, we have volunteers. We could not cope with the riding without our volunteers. It couldn't happen. Um, certainly for some for for some riders, they don't need a lot of help. So, like, I can be Mary's volunteer or she can be mine. Um, but a lot other riders do need a lot of help and then we just literally couldn't cope without the volunteers for them. Okay, and you're, you're set up as a social enterprise. Yeah. So you need to be making money in some way. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Theoretically. <laughs> Theoretically, yeah. It's not easy. Uh, well, we, I've spent a lot of my time uh, applying for grants. Um, any success or yeah we get little bits like we got that wheelchair ramp now the uh, community yes. development fund um, gave us the money for that which was brilliant um, so we get little bits of money here and there for different things but you know yourself it's a, t- it's a time consuming thing to keep looking for money all the time yeah. so um, we're funded basically by the people who bring their k- kids to us that's who fund us they pay for the sessions as, you know um, and some people can only come every two weeks because they can only afford it and some people can't afford to pay the full rate and that's fine so I suppose a little, a little bit of extra support in that side would oh, be Oh, huge! Yeah, yeah, it'd yeah. be hugely helpful. I suppose in more of a general question. If just I suppose we're talking to people in Galway, so mm. we're trying to get a sense of who's in Galway and who's doing what. Yeah. But we we always ask people if so if somebody arrived to Galway, how would you how would you describe living here to them? Um. It, you have to be careful because it's a bit infectious. Like I, I came. I'm not from Galway. I came here. I don't think anybody is. No, <laughs> Mary is. <laughs> One of the only few Galwegians I know. I came in nineteen. I came when I was about twelve or thirteen. What that was in the sixties, um, for three months on those Galen scholarships to the to Lettermore, and and you get you sort of get infected by Galway, and I came back in nineteen eighty then for a holiday, and I haven't left, pretty much. Yeah. 
No, they haven't, and you know, and I don't want them to find the cures. Nobody's looking for it. You know, it's a beautiful place. It's a great place. It's a great the city. I like it's the only city in the world that I actually like to walk around. Um, and there's loads going on. You can you never need to be bored and go away. There's plenty to do, plenty to do, and plenty to volunteer for. Amazing that like I kind of cycle ten fifteen minutes out from the city centre. I'm out here and. You could be in the middle of Connemara, yeah. It's a, such a, a, a one of the reasons we don't have a lot of signs up around the places. We don't want people to, to find us and just to wander in off the road. It's a very private yard, yes, very yeah. quiet, and that's important for the confidentiality for a lot of our clients. I assume it would be important for the, the horses as well. Yeah, and yeah. Don't want people in no, no. Cars up. Yeah, exactly. No, it's it's a it's a lovely there's a lovely app. Everybody comments on those lovely atmosphere. It's very relaxing when you come here. It's like a lot of the parents who would come for with their kids would just walk around for half an hour and talk to the horses and they do yeah it's their respite yeah, exactly. that's what they tell us yeah. I mean just to finish off with a nice nice easy question what what kind of impact do you want to have in, in your life in my life well I, I suppose everybody wants to somehow make a difference um, we on on Sunday Mary and I travel to Charville to see a place called Liss Kennet Farm which has been running for about the same time as we have. And that's what we want for Galway, what they have down in Charleville. And he has, um, they had 80 families through on Saturday. 80, 80 families of, of people with disabilities, people with disabilities and their siblings and their parents. Um, they do therapeutic riding, same as we do. Um, but it's all free. They all come through the St. Joseph's Foundation. So it's funded by the HSE. Oh, okay. So there's no barriers to anybody coming. And that would be wonderful. His, his staff are paid, whereas we, we're at the bottom of the pile when it comes to getting paid. Like the horses get looked after first, and then our insurance, and then something else. So sometimes we get paid, and sometimes we don't. Okay, yeah. And that's all right. That we don't. We're not in it for the money, but it would be lovely to get paid. So I can tell you, for this is what's this? this is April. So far this year, we have been paid six hundred euros each. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, but I think it's people think that you're in it for the money, but you're not. Keeping horses is bloody expensive. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They're, big. They're, big They're big. They eat a lot, and yeah. even the days like they don't they don't work um, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, but you still have to feed them. Yeah, sounds like they're unionized as well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they um, need they 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 work so hard. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's not physically hard the work they're doing because you know, but um, sometimes it is. Well, most of the time it isn't, but it's it can be. Um, you're asking them a lot. You're asking a lot of them sometimes. You're asking them to go against their own nature and to to stand still when somebody's wriggling on their back or shouting on their back. Or, you know. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, um, you're asking them to be saints. Yeah, it's um, it's great that you have so you have a very clear vision of where you want to go, and it's great to have a, a precedent of some. Yeah, that's done it. Yeah, HSE, so yeah. It's not impossible. No, that's it because he said the precedent has been set, and I know the county councils have helped him a lot as well. So we're yeah. talking to county councils, county councillors now that the elections are coming up, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, to try and get them to just have a look at what's been done in other places. Okay. And you know, we're here, and we're we're even more qualified than your man in Cork is. So yeah, yeah. You know. okay. Well, yeah. Uh, thanks for your time. I know you're very well. busy. I know you have visitors coming tomorrow. Yes, we do. Yeah, and you're getting getting a place. Yeah, for our, it's, it's our, fantastic our our inspection. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so there's a how, uh, what, what is that? Again? It's the Association of Irish Riding Establishments, and it kind of sets the standard for anybody that's working with people and horses, whether you're a riding school or a racing yard, or you do so trekking or holidays, or that. Yeah. It's a standard, yeah. So you have to reach a certain standard to get your 
accreditation. So uh, we have our inspection tomorrow, so hopefully we'll... Thanks very much for talking to us. You're most welcome. Anytime. So that's it for today. Many thanks to Eileen for speaking to us on the show. If you want more information on Horses Connect, you can go to www.horsesconnect.com or you can just check out the notes at the end of our show as well. And as I mentioned before, if you're interested in volunteering in general in the community, have a look at our website, www.volunteergalway. If you look at the show notes, you can click through on the link and it'll bring you to all the new volunteer opportunities that we have. And as ever, if you have any need any assistance, give us a shout at the details we've provided as well. We'd love to talk to you and see how we can help you help others. Okay, thanks, and we look forward to talking to you again on our next show.